With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Old Time Radio Westerns. I'm your host, Andrew Rines, and let's get into this episode. This episode is going to be Challenge of the Yukon. Original air date is January 25th, 1950, and the title is The Trap That Failed. Let's get into it, and I hope you enjoy. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, as gunshots echo across the windswept, snow-covered reaches of the wild northwest, Quaker Puff Wheat and Quaker Puff Rice, breakfast cereals shot from guns, present the challenge of the Yukon. It's Yukon King, swiftest and strongest lead dog of the Northwest, blazing the trail for Sergeant Preston of the Northwest Mounted Police in his relentless pursuit of lawbreakers. One king, one Gold, gold discovered in the Yukon. A stampede to the Klondike in the wild race for riches. Back to the days of the gold rush. With Quaker Puff Wheat and Quaker Puff Rice bringing you the adventures of Sergeant Preston and his wonder dog, Yukon King, as they meet the challenge of the Yukon. Listen, all you fellas and girls, if you'd like to have the tireless energy, the vigor and stamina of a person like Sergeant Preston, do this. Make the breakfast table your training table. Start every day with a nourishing He-Man's breakfast, including a heaping bowlful of Quaker puffed wheat or Quaker puffed rice topped with fruit and milk or cream. Remember, delicious wheat or rice shot from guns furnishes added food values of restored natural grain amounts of vitamin B1, niacin, and iron. So start tomorrow morning. For the hearty cereal you like to eat, pack away Quaker puffed rice or Quaker puffed wheat.
Jim Bolin was a young dog trainer for a mining company located at Indian Ridge, which was many miles from Dawson. It was a pleasant surprise to Sergeant Preston when the young man came to his office. What brings you to Dawson, Jim? See this? A diamond ring? Ah, it set me back plenty, but it's worth it. Who's the lucky girl? Ida Davis. Ida Davis? Jim, I believe you're a fortune hunter. She's the daughter of Dexter Davis, the mine owner, isn't she? (laughs) Yes, you're right. But it's all on the level, Sergeant. I'm crazy about it. You should be. Ida's a beautiful girl and a mighty fine one from what I've heard. I guess I'm the luckiest guy in the world to get a girl like Ida. (laughs) I thought for a while I wouldn't get her. How do you mean? You know Jason Finley? The company cashier? Yes. He's been giving Ida the rush ever since she arrived at Indian Ridge a year ago. Never liked him for some reason. Don't know why. When will the wedding be? I'll leave that to Ida. I'll send you an invitation when she sets the date. I hope you do. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll depend on that. Well, I better be going now, Sergeant. Just wanted to say hello. Oh, uh, by the way, Jim, take one of these posters with you and tack it in the pay office where it'll be seen. Oh, sure. Yeah. Say, they're tough looking, aren't they? And they're more dangerous than they look. The one on the right there is Maxie Steele. He's wanted for murder. Joe Cahill is wanted for highway robbery and several other crimes. I have information that they've joined up. They might come into Indian Ridge. All right. I'll ask Finley to tack this up with the workmen. We'll see it when they come into the pay office. Well, I'll see you later, Sergeant. Right. Bye. A few nights later, Jason Finley, the cashier for the mining company, called on Ida Davis and proposed marriage. I'm sorry, Jason, but I'm engaged to someone else. Engaged? That's right. This is a ring. Oh, Is it Jim Bolin? Yes, Jason, it's Jim. Ida, you don't know what you're doing. You can't marry a dog trainer. Your father won't stand for it. Dad knows all about it, and he doesn't object. I see. I suppose your father is prepared to support the two of you from now on? Jason, I don't want you to talk like that. I won't have it. Very well, I'll go. A dog trainer for a husband. Well, Ida, I wish you happiness. When Jason Finley left the Davis home, his mind was filled with bitterness. Instead of going to his own quarters, he went to the mining company's office to try to devise some way to prevent the wedding of Ida Davis and Jim Bolin. He had been there but a few moments when there was a knock at the door. Now, who in thunder could that be? Uh, come in. Evening, Jason. Oh, it's you, Bolin. I saw the light in the window and wondered who was working this evening. Well, it's just me. You can uh, go on about your business now. I... I have my team outside, Jason. I I guess it'll be all right if I leave them in the lee of the building for a while. What for? Protection against the wind. It's right cold tonight. Well, suit yourself. But don't expect me to watch them. I'm going home to bed soon. (laughs) Don't worry about them. They'll curl up in the snow and stay until I come back. Uh, Are you uh, calling on Ida? Yes. Why? I called on her tonight. I suppose congratulations are in order. She told you? Yeah, she did. Well, I'm glad she did, Jason. I I wanted her to be the one to tell you. I, I know how you feel about her. Well, as they say, everything's fair in love and war. You want out, Jim. When's the wedding? I hope within a couple of days. We're going to discuss it tonight. I see. Well, I wish you both uh, happiness. Uh, thanks. Oh, uh, by the way, here's something I forgot to turn over to you, Jason. What is it? A police poster for a couple of criminals who were wanted by the Mounties. Where'd you get it? Sergeant Preston gave it to me when I was in Dawson last week. 
He wants you to post it in the pay office where it'll be seen. I see. Well, let me have it. Here you are. Well, good night, Jason. Good night, Jim. As Jim Boland disappeared through the door, a cunning smile formed on the thin face of Jason Finley. He heard the young dog trainer drive the team into the lee of the building. And when all was quiet, Jason <laughs> chuckled to himself. Here's where I stop that young man's wedding plans. Jason Finley got up from his chair and went to open the company safe. Meanwhile, two men entered the mining camp. They traveled on snowshoes and carried packs on their shoulders. I tell you, Maxie, we're taking a big chance showing ourselves in this mining camp. Well, we gotta get supplies, Joe, and it's dark. No one will see us if we're careful. Can't tell who'll be prowling around at night in a camp like this. We'll find a company supply post and bust in. We can load up and be gone in 30 minutes. The job is to find which one of these buildings is a supply post. Hey, see the light in the building yonder? Yeah. Maybe that's it. Someone may be working late. We'll take a look just to make sure. Come on. Right. The two men crept through the darkness. When they reached the window of the mining office, they peered inside. What they saw mystified them. Jason Finley took two bags of gold from the vault and carried them through a door that led to the back. Hey, Maxie, what do you make of it? That's gold he's carrying out back. He carried it like it was heavy, all right. He'll be back in a minute or so. How do you know? There's his overcoat on the hook by the desk. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, I see it. Get your gun handy, Joe. What are you going to do? What do you think? Take off your snowshoes. Right. They're off. Now, come on. We'll be waiting for him when he gets back. Right. Don't make any noise when you close the door. Crouch back at the desk where he won't see you. Right. Quiet, I hear him coming. Freeze, Skinny, freeze. Uh, what the... <laughs> Surprised you, didn't we, Skinny? You shouldn't leave doors unlocked. What do you want? What do you think? Where were you taking that gold? I won't tell you. You tell for we're through with you. Yeah, I know who you are. I know you too. You know us, huh? How come you know us? Yeah, take a look at this, Maxie. Here's your answer. <laughs> police poster with our pictures on it. No wonder you recognize it. As Joe Cahill studied the police poster, Jason Finley decided to take a desperate chance. Uh, Suddenly, boy, he snatched yeah. at the gun in Joe Cahill's hand. Look out, Joe! Get away! Let go of my gun! I'll get him! As Jason struggled with Joe, Maxie Steele brought the butt of his own six-gun crashing down on the cashier's skull, and Jason sank to the floor. Yeah. That takes care of him. He was trying to get the trigger. Must have thought he could get help if he fired my gun. Yeah. It looks like I killed him. Yeah, you better see. Yeah. He's dead. <laughs> well, what do we do about the body? Help me lift him. We'll put him into the vault and lock it before we leave. All right. Let's go. Meanwhile, Jim Boland had reached the home of Ida Davis. A trapper stopped at my cabin today, Ida. He had a message from Sergeant Preston. He did? Yeah. The sergeant's due here sometime tomorrow. Now, I wonder if we couldn't be married in the next few days while he's here. Well, we could, Jim, but Dad's in Dawson. I wouldn't want to get married if he weren't here. Oh, he's coming up here with Sergeant Preston. Oh, I see. No doubt he and Preston have already discussed it. Of course. I wasn't expecting Dad back for another week. Then, uh, you'll set the date? Um, day after tomorrow? <laughs> That's great, honey. I'm going to ask Sergeant Preston to be my best man. Oh, after discussing right. arrangements for the wedding, Jim prepared to leave. I saw Jason tonight. 
He told me you broke the news to him. Oh? Where did you see him? He looked pretty dejected when he left here. He was at the office. I left my dogs in the protection of the building. He got very impudent when I told him. I didn't like his attitude a bit. Well, you better not get impudent with me. I don't like the man. Well, I'll get my dogs, honey. Hmm. It's half past ten now. It'll be midnight by the time you get home. Oh, that's all right. Meanwhile, Maxie Steele and Joe Cahill had not met with the success they expected. Searching the vault, they found that the company's wealth was securely locked in strong compartments, which they could not break open. But the whereabouts of the bags of gold they had seen Jason Finley take out of the vault was a mystery. Close the vault and twist the dial, Joe. There's nothing we can pry loose in there. You better blow out that lamp. Someone might see it. Yeah. Uh, It's got me licked, Maxie. Looked everywhere and back and can't find those bags of gold. We saw him come out of the vault with a bag in each hand. We saw him disappear through that door. I know. We've been through those offices and back, and the gold's not there. He didn't open the back door. It's locked tight. Could have unlocked it when he went out and locked it when he came back. Oh, why? He wouldn't toss that gold out in the snow. Hey, someone's outside with a sled and dogs. He must have had someone out there waiting for him. That's it, Joe. That's where the gold is. He's going for help. I'll stop him. No, don't shoot. The shot will bring the whole camp down unless we never get away. But he'll get help. They'll get us anyway. We won't be here when they get back. Now pick up that police poster and get moving. But keep to cover. Got it. Let's go. We'll continue our adventure in just a moment. There's nothing like it. Yes, there's nothing like the big moment out on the basketball floor when... This is it. Only a few seconds left to play, folks, and the score is tied. There goes a quick pass, a driving dribble. The crowd is going wild, and he's in for the shot. Up goes the ball. Circles the hoop. It's... it's good. It's a basket. Yes, moments like this stand out. There's nothing like it. And for breakfast, nothing stands out like a heaping bowl full of Quaker puffed wheat or Quaker puffed rice. Just pour on milk or cream and top with your favorite fruit. You'll say, this is it, a standout. A standout in flavor, crispness. That's because Quaker puffed wheat and Quaker puffed rice are giant king-size kernels. They're the premium grains of flavor-rich wheat or rice. And they're shot from guns. Yes, actually exploded up to eight times normal size to make them crisp and tender. Bigger and better tasting. Full of bang-up nut-like flavor, too. And like the basketball team that puts on extra speed to drive toward a basket, wheat and rice shot from guns delivers extra food value. Yes, Quaker popped wheat and Quaker popped rice furnish added food values of restored natural grain amounts of vitamin B1, niacin, and iron. So ask for crisp, fresh, nourishing Quaker popped wheat and Quaker popped rice. They're never sold in bags or bulk. Always remember to buy the big red and blue packages with the smiling Quaker man on the front. He's your guarantee that you're getting the one and only Quaker puffed wheat and Quaker puffed rice. Shot from gun. Now to continue. Sergeant Preston and Dexter Davis, the mine operator, were en route to Indian Ridge. 
It was shortly before dawn when the Mountie called a halt. Okay. Well, this is where I turn off the trail, Mr. Davis. Well, you're not far from Jim Bolin's dog camp. It's about two miles west of here. Yes, I know where it is. I'll get there in time for breakfast. I'll go on into town. I have a couple of wedding presents I want to put in the vault at the office. I'll probably see you in town tonight. I'll be sure you do. And uh, give my regards to Jim. I will. All right. On Meanwhile, Maxie Steele and Joe Cahill had stopped a few miles from the camp. Better keep going, Maxie. We're not safe yet by a long shot. Joe, I, I have been thinking. We got panicky, Bob. How do you there. mean? Yeah, we didn't use our heads. I've been putting two and two together. Yeah? If that cashier was taking the gold out the back way to the other fellow, they were stealing it. You know, I thought of that myself. That guy didn't waste any time leaving. Maybe he saw us kill the cashier. But he might have figured he'd get the blame for it. So he hit for high timber as fast as he could. Yeah, maybe so, but what does it all add up to? He was heading south when he pulled out with his sled and dogs. We can cut back and pick up his trail. Yeah, it'd be easy to follow now that it's starting to get daylight. There must have been thousands of dollars worth of gold in those two bags we saw toted out back. It's ours for the taking. Well, he won't be expecting us to follow him. Then let's cut back and pick up his trail. When Dexter Davis reached the mining camp, he saw a few people stirring about... And smoke was rising from the kitchen's flue, indicating that others were cooking breakfast. He went directly to the mine office and was puzzled by the fact that the door was unlocked. Jason's getting mighty careless. He doesn't keep a very tidy office when I'm gone. I'll have to speak to him about it, I guess. Davis went to the vault, turned the combination, and swung open the door. Jason. Jason. Jason, speak to me. Dead. Help! 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 Ben, come here. What's wrong, Mr. Davis? Jason Finley's been killed. Killed? Looks like there may have been a fight. The place is upset. I found it in the vault. Must have been robbed. What if you get my daughter? I'll go for her, Mr. Davis. The rest of you come into the office. When Ida Davis reached the office, her father told her how he had found the door unlocked and the place upset, and how on opening the vault he had found the body of the cashier. As they talked, the men who had been summoned by his call searched the place for clues. Oh, it's horrible, Dad. But who could have done it? Thieves, no doubt. You say Jason was working late last night. Yes, Jim told me, so he saw him here. The thieves must have seen him inside and surprised him. Jason put up a fight and they killed him and robbed the vault. Robbed the vault? Fortunately, they didn't get into our main gold storage. They just took the cash we keep on hand for the payroll. Then they got only away with a few thousand dollars? Yes, that's all. We kept it in two bags. The bags are gone. Mr. Davis. Yes? We found one thing, and I think it's important. What's that? There's footprints in the snow leading from the back door side of the building. There are tracks of dogs in the sled there. What's that about dogs in the sled? That's right, Miss Ida. The killer must have left his dogs and sled at the side of the building while he came inside and killed Jason. And he must have taken the gold out the back way so as not to be seen. Oh, no. No, you're wrong. How do you know, Ida? Dad, Jim left his dogs and sled here last night to protect them from the wind. He told me so. But how about those tracks leading from the back door, Miss Ida? I can't explain the tracks. Uh, did, did Jason know you were going to marry Jim? Yes. In fact, I told him early last evening. He got nasty about did it. Did you tell Jim he got nasty? Well, yes, yes, I told him. I think we'd better talk to Jim. He can tell us if he saw Jason after he left you last night. But... Jim wouldn't kill Jason, and he wouldn't steal. I'm going to talk to Jim. 
Anyway, Sergeant Preston's at Jim's cabin, and he should know about this. If you're going to Jim's cabin, I'm going with you. I want you to. Uh, Bill. Uh, yes, Mr. Davis. Take charge here until we get back. Keep everyone out of the office. Yes, sir. All right, no one in the office now. That's orders. When Sergeant Preston arrived at Jim Boland's dog training camp, he found the young trainer still sleeping. He woke him, and after a hearty breakfast, Jim took the Mountie to the kennels to show off his fine dogs. How do they look to you, Sergeant? Strong and healthy, all of them, Jim. Next to King, I think my dogs are the finest in the Yukon. You should take a run behind them. Well, I was just thinking of that. Would you mind? I'd be pleased if you would. If you want to test them for pulling power, I'll hitch a team to the sled. Well, I'd rather test them for speed. Hitch a team in tandem while I get skis. All right, fine. Jim Boland selected six of his best dogs and hitched them to a tug line, while Sergeant Preston selected a pair that's of skis. Boy, that's boy. Ready for you, Sergeant? Thanks, Jim. <laughs> King wants to go along. No, King, old fellow, not this time. You stay here with Jim. I'll be back shortly. Uh, he doesn't like that. Well, you can start any time, Sergeant. You'll find the country west of here to be rolling. Nice going for skis. Oh, well, let's go. Fine. Fine, the team. All right, go ahead. <laughs> now, come with me, King. I've got to clean up the breakfast dishes. Jim Bolin was at work in the house when King, lying beside the stove, barked. What's the matter, King? Someone's at the door. You must know who it is. You're not very excited, King. Ida and Mr. Davis. <laughs> no wonder King didn't get excited. He knew you. Yes, I spent the last two days with King on the trail. Well, come in, come in. What brings you folks here this early in the morning? <laughs> I hope it's not a postponement of our wedding, Ida. Jim, Dad wants to ask you some questions. Well, sure thing, but why is everyone so serious? I'll explain, Jim. But first, when did you last see Jason Finley? Oh, I saw him before I called on Ida, around 9 o'clock. You left your dogs beside the company's office, did you? Yes, it was warmer there. I kept them out of the wind. Jim, when you went back to get them... Did you see Jason? Oh, I just told you, sir, the last time I saw him was around 9 o'clock. Did you have any words with him or any argument at that time? Of course not, Mr. Davis. What's this all about? Jim, Jason was killed last night. Killed? I found his body early today when I reached the camp. Did you think I did it? Well, no, Jim, I didn't think you killed him. We wondered if you saw anyone about the mine office when you went for your dog. No, the place was dark. I saw no one. Why would anyone kill him? The vault was robbed. Two bags of gold were taken. That's right, Jim. Where's uh, Sergeant Preston? We've got to see him at once. He just went out with one of my dog teams every back. Uh, what's the matter with King? What's the matter, fella? Look at his bristle. Someone must be coming here, and he knows it. I'll go see who it is. <laughs> Quiet, King. Quiet, boy. Quiet now. Oh. Hello. We want to talk to you. What about? Hey, Max, there's someone in there with him. Come on, Joe. Just a minute. I can talk to you here. What do you want? Stand aside. A gun. What's the meaning of this? Look out for the dog, Maxie. Get that dog out of here before I put a bullet through him. Don't shoot him, don't. King, down, King. Get him out. Go, King. Go, fella. King knew the danger of a gun, but he was crouched to spring at Maxie Steele when he heard Jim Boland's sharp command. He was accustomed to obeying the command of a friend, so he rushed through the open door. As he disappeared, Maxie said, Close the door, Joe. Right. Now, just what do you want? Where's the gold, mister? Gold? What gold? The gold you and a skinny cashier were stealing from the mine office when we busted up your party. Jim! I don't know what he's talking about, Ida. But I do know who he is. 
I know the other one, too. Oh, you do, eh? You're both wanted. There's a police poster offering a reward for you, dead or alive. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. But that's not answering my question. Where's that gold? I didn't take it, and you know I didn't. Joe, search the place while I keep him covered. Right. As Maxie Steele covered Jim, Ida, and her father, Joe Cahill searched the cabin but found nothing. Then he went outside to the sled standing near the door. A few moments later, he was back. Here's the gold, Maxie. He had him take it off the sled where he put it last night. Oh. On my sled? Sure, on your sled. It's a payroll. Jim, you lied. You did do Please, it. Please, I didn't steal it, and I didn't shoot Jason Finley. You didn't what? Honest, Mr. Davis, I didn't shoot Jason, and I didn't take that gold. Jason wasn't shot. But you said he's dead. He was beaten to death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how he got it. So we're going to give the three of you a break. What do you mean? We'll shoot you. That's easier than getting your skull crushed like the skinny cashier. Why, you killed him. Sure. He knew too much, and so do you. All right, Joe, the girl first. All right, Max, keep the others covered. Oh, no, no! The door flew open. Joe whirled, but before he could bring his gun to bear, a shot from Sergeant Preston caught him in the shoulder. Max saw the Mountie and cried out. It's a law! King leaped past Sergeant Preston and dragged Max to the floor. Then Jim was in action. He grabbed the gun and covered Max. One move and I'll kill you. Boom, King. Hold that, boy. My shoulder's broken. We'll patch you up. Get on your feet. Yes, sir. You're both under arrest in the name of the Queen. Oh, Sergeant, you saved our lives. You sure did. That's right, Sergeant. King deserves the credit. I was on my way back when he met me. I knew something was wrong with the way he acted. I told him to get out of here. He led me back here. Fortunately, my team was tired and I was on skis, so I made no sound as I approached. Now, what's this all about? Jim was the only one here when I left. When Sergeant Preston heard the whole story, he turned to Jim. The prisoners admit that they killed Jason, but they insist they saw Finley take these two bags of gold out the back door of the office. Later, they heard you drive your dog team away. That's why they followed you here. I know, but I didn't steal the money, Sergeant. I believe you, Jim. But until I can prove otherwise, I have to take you into custody. The charge is robbery. Uh, Cards are against me. What proof is there that I'm innocent? I can't say, Jim, but I want to get back to the camp and investigate. We'll go now. Ida, don't judge me until... until Sergeant Preston says I'm guilty. I won't, Jim. Neither will I, Jim. I'm ready, Sergeant. Several hours later, Ida Davis opened the door when she saw her father, accompanied by Jim Bowen, Sergeant Preston, and King, come to the porch of the cabin. What did you learn, Sergeant? Quite a bit, Ida, but not enough yet. Come in. Sergeant Preston wants to ask you some questions, Ida. About what? Ida, what kind of boots was Jim wearing when he was here last night? Why, the ones he's wearing now. That settles one point, Sergeant. It sure does, Jim. I examined the tracks leading from the back door of the office to Jim's sled. Yes? They were made by a man wearing shoes, not boots. Oh. Jason Finley's shoes fit the tracks exactly. Jason must have carried the gold to the sled before he was killed. Yeah, the prisoner said they saw him going out the back with the gold. One more question, Ida. What time did Jim leave you last night? It was half past ten, exactly. I remember because I called his attention to the time. Oh, I, I guess that clears me, huh, Sergeant? It does, Jim. You're free now. But I don't understand. Well, dear, when, when Jason was slugged, he fell to the floor. And when he did, he broke his watch. It stopped at five minutes past ten. I was here with you then, and the gold had already been put on my sled. Why should Jason do that? No one will ever know for sure, Ryder. But it seems to me that he wanted to frame Jim to prevent your marriage. No doubt he would have had Jim's sled searched after the theft of the gold had been discovered. And I'd have had a hard time proving I didn't steal it. 
Thanks to King and Sergeant Preston, it didn't work out that way. Well, Jim, there isn't any reason why you and Ida can't go ahead with those wedding plans. <laughs> there sure isn't, Sergeant. Did you hear that, honey? Yes, Jim. <laughs> oh, King, if you could only know the happiness you and Sergeant Preston have brought me. Maybe you do know, King. Maybe you do know I'm happy that this case is closed. <laughs> In just a moment, Sergeant Preston will give you a preview of Friday's adventure. Let's go! Yes, you're raring to go for a breakfast that's sparked with delicious Quaker-puffed wheat or Quaker-puffed rice. Your appetite races for a heaping bowlful of those king-size kernels of premium rice or wheat topped with milk or cream and fruit. Mmm, mmm. Take a luscious mouthful. Taste the nut-like flavor. The special crispness that's yours only in Quaker puffed rice and Quaker puffed wheat. Because they're shot from guns. Ask Mom to order both delicious kinds in the big red and blue Quaker packages. Then get ready for a tempting treat. Quaker puffed rice or Quaker puffed wheat. This year, fellas and girls, the battle cry of the March of Dimes is more than ever before. And if you are giving your dimes for this fight, remember, the National Infantile Paralysis Foundation needs more money this year to take care of all the people who look to it for help. So do your part more than ever before in the March of Dimes. Listen Friday when Sergeant Preston and Yukon King meet the challenge of the Yukon in the case of the Ghost Raider. When King and I started climbing the slope of Pinnacle Rock, we had an idea that there were gunmen hiding on the far side. That was true. But what we didn't know was that the Ghost Raider himself was watching us from the ridge above. When the bullets started flying, there was nothing to do but dig in and fight it out. Be sure to hear this exciting adventure Friday. These radio dramas, a feature of the challenge of the Yukon Incorporated, are created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Enterprises, directed by Fred Flowerday, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of Sergeant Preston is played by Paul Sutton. They are brought to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the same time by Quaker Puffed Wheat and Quaker Puffed Rice. The breakfast cereal shot from guns. Remember, for delicious hot breakfasts, enjoy Quaker Oats. The giant of the cereals is Quaker Oats. Delicious, nutritious, makes you feel ambitious. The giant of the cereals is Quaker Oats. And here's why Quaker Oats is called the giant of the cereals. There's more growth, more endurance in oatmeal than any other whole grain cereal. So make your hot breakfast nourishing Quaker Oats. Quaker and Mother's Oats are the same. This is J. Michael wishing you goodbye, good luck, and good health from Quaker Pop Wheat and Quaker Pop Rice. So long. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This has been a presentation of otrwesterns.com, and we hope you enjoyed. Please take some time to like and rate our shows in your favorite podcast application. Follow us on Facebook by going to otrwesterns.com slash Facebook. Join in the conversation by going to otrwesterns.com slash Discord. And don't forget to send us an email, podcast at otrwesterns.com. This episode is copyright under the attribution, non-commercial, share-like copyright. For more information, go to otrwesterns.com slash copyright. Have a great day, and again, thanks for listening.